Last week we told you that there are going to be a lot of interruptions that are going to be coming over this next, these next few weeks. So let me interrupt what we're doing right now and remind you that we're doing this series called Interruptions in order to be able to watch Jesus, to see his face, to listen to his words, and to try to determine what Jesus knew that allowed him not to break up when life broke in. And it's a very important question. Because for this last year, life as we knew it has been interrupted. In fact, it was one year ago this weekend that we informed our church family that due to the potential health effects of, of something called the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, we said we were going to be suspending all in-person gatherings. And restaurants closed. Schools went to virtual platforms. You were told to begin working from home. Graduations, weddings, funerals, all canceled. There was no March Madness. There was no spring training. There was no opening day. We hunkered down, we hoarded toilet paper, we stayed home, and we tried to stay healthy. And so we started Zoom meetings and FaceTime hangouts. We became used to food deliveries and grocery store pickups. It all became the norm. You did not hug your grandkids on their birthdays or hold the hand of your spouse when they were in the hospital. Life broke in, and you tried your best not to break up. The church has been a long year. In some ways, it feels like it's been more than a year. As a church family, over the last 12 months, we have dealt with the impact of COVID-19. We have dealt with a tornado that destroyed homes and damaged psyches. We have lost milestones and jobs. We have witnessed social unrest and political upheaval. We have experienced sickness, and we've experienced death. And you know, in the past, we would have endured similar circumstances by, by seeking the, the comfort and the encouragement of our, of our church family. But this time, the very thing that once brought us hope has become a source of our pain. For the last 12 months, our, our church has been scattered. Oh, we've always been in different homes and different businesses and different schools. We've always been spread out around Chattanooga and North Georgia, but we've always been able to look forward to moments where we're able to come to be together as one and to be able to be able to worship together, be able to, to share our, our lives together. And even though we have made phone calls over this last year and shown up in driveways and, and gathered occasionally in homes, and even though we have returned to our campus even here on a, on a limited basis, setting every other pew with one another, it's still taking its toll. I saw some of you come back in just a few minutes ago saying, it's been one year and a week. Today we want to reflect over this last year. We want to reflect on the pain and the hurt that many have and are still dealing with. But we also want to acknowledge the opportunity that this interruption has given us. So we're going to spend some time together today in prayer. We're going to listen to some different passages of Scripture. We're going to read some together. And we're going to look at, at a time when Jesus was interrupted and everything seemed as if it was going wrong in his life. 
We're going to begin with a reading from Lamentations chapter 3. I want you to listen to this lament and see if any of it hits personally for you. Afterwards, one of our elders, Johnny Robertson, is going to lead us in prayer. And and Johnny and and his wife, Miss Janice, they have been diligent with trying to stay healthy. They have been staying in like, like many of you. And I reached out to him this week and I said, how about you just video us a prayer and we'll put it on that nine o'clock service and we'll show it at 10.30 and and he said, well, how about I just sneak in and and do it in person? I told him that at nine I missed, I missed hearing his prayers. Our church needs to hear from the shepherds. Listen to the lament. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for the salvation from the Lord. You know, we reached back into our childhood memories and pulled out Psalm 23 to be able to to read together because I felt it was a declaration of dependence that we needed needed to voice today as we raise our hallelujah because it's six verses, I think, that can be summarized in six words. In everything... I trust the Lord. In everything, I trust the Lord. And this past year has put this declaration to the test. With all the terminations and with all the interruptions, with all the starts, with all the stops, with all the different reschedulings that have had to go on, all the cancellations, we have been tempted to wonder, is God really in control? Does God really have his eyes on the things that are going on? As a result, we have held as tightly as possible to anything that we felt like we could control. I mean, how else do you, how else do you wrap your mind around the idea that we all ran out and started hoarding toilet paper, right? We thought this is something we can control. And we need to. Because it was important. You know, from a young age, you've been taught to hold on. To hold on tight. And you learned that lesson well. But last week we learned that with every interruption, there is an opportunity. And our COVID interruption has given us the opportunity to let go, to let go of our need of control and instead to hold tight to God. You know, Jesus had a similar moment in time when the party abruptly ended and he was forced to address who was in control of his life, who was in control of his kingdom, and who would be in control of his future. You can read about this interruption in Mark chapter 1. You can see it in Matthew chapter 4 and also Luke chapter 4. In Mark 1 it says that Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven came, You are my Son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Now think about it just for a minute. You talk about a great day. You've got Father, you've got Son, you've got Spirit, and they are there to celebrate this momentous occasion. It was the moment that John had been preaching about. It was the inauguration, the coming of the kingdom of God, 
the train of history was rolling to this particular stop, this particular moment, and everything was coming together. And you would expect that if you were to keep reading in this passage, that you would come across some red letters. I mean, those were the words of Jesus, right? And he would have had, man, this would have been where he would have preached his best sermon. There would have been some words there that we would have memorized from our childhood. But that doesn't happen. Or maybe you would expect that all of a sudden you would read how that after this moment that there were hundreds who were healed from sickness and disease, but that doesn't show up in your Bibles either. Maybe it's, all right, now Jesus is really going to give those, those, those religious leaders what they've got coming, a good dose of spiritual reality. But that's not there either. You see, while the water of the Jordan still soaked his beard, Jesus was interrupted and sent out by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now some of your translations might say that the Spirit drove Jesus or that it compelled Jesus. The word actually conveys the idea that Jesus was led by a force to which he could not resist. He was being sent by God into an uncultivated and unpopulated and desolate and deserted place and he was being sent there on purpose. God had an agenda and there was something intentional behind this interruption. There was something important that needed to happen. And so Jesus goes on this 40-day wilderness wandering. Now that sounds familiar, right? It was 40 days and 40 nights that the rains flooded the earth. It was the same amount of time that Moses stayed on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. It was that same amount of time that Elijah ran to the mountain of God to spend time with the Lord. It's 40 days, 40 nights. You read that motif in Scripture. And the writers use that idea, the 40-day or the 40-year, to let you know that something important is going to happen or something is in the midst of happening. Something godly is taking place. And so for 40 days and for 40 nights, it signifies that something, something meaningful is happening in the life of Jesus. That also echoes the 40 years of wandering that the Israelites endured centuries before. Here's what Moses said of that wandering time. God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Moses says, look, God wanted to know if you would trust him in all things. And it's a good question that we still need to answer. Do we trust God in all things? When we're in the midst of our 40 days and 40 nights, when there's nothing that we can do to avoid the lonely and desolate place that it seems that we're being driven toward. When we want to feast, but instead we are compelled to fast. Do we still trust God in all things when a year of family, friends, church, schools, concerts, celebrations, ball games, and good health are all taken away and it's gone? Do we still trust God and say, yes, you're in control? When life gets interrupted... Do we in all things trust God? Because understand, in the midst of our wanderings, there will always be a moment when we will be tempted to take control and do things on our own terms, and our own schedule, and by our own will. And it was for this purpose that Jesus was sent into the Judean wilderness. And after a period of 40 days and 40 nights, we read that Jesus was hungry. And the tempter came to him. You're hungry, Satan said. So go ahead and make yourself some food. Take care of yourself. Jesus responded, A person doesn't live by bread alone. Satan told him, Fine, I hear you're going to have a kingdom. 
But understand, you're going to have to wait about three years. And in order to get this kingdom, you're going to have to die. So why don't you just go ahead and bow down before me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus says, only God is to be worshipped. Well, fine. Fine, Satan says. Then make sure that God is watching. Make sure he's paying attention. You put yourself in danger and you see if he will actually protect you. If he will actually come to your rescue. And Jesus said, I will not put the Lord my God to a test. Three times Jesus was given the opportunity to take control of the situation. Trust God with your life. Trust God with your kingdom. Trust God with your future. And three times he refused to live life on his terms. On his schedule. And by his will. In all things, Jesus says, I'm going to trust God. And it wasn't so much a lesson that Jesus needed to learn in the wilderness. It was a, it was a message that the tempter needed to hear. You see, the duel in the desert was just a foreshadowing of the conflict that was coming at the cross. And the tempter needed to know that no matter what plan Satan had, that no matter what he was going to do to interrupt Jesus' mission, Jesus would in all things trust God. It's why he didn't break up when life broke in. It's why he was able to stay centered. It was why he was able to stay at peace. Because Jesus knew that in the midst of the most severe interruption, God could still be trusted. And so that's what we have to decide today. Will we trust God with our life, with our kingdom, and, and with our future? Are we willing to trust God with, with our life? And that means with our happiness. And, and that means with our health. And that means with our finances. All these things that we think we can put our thumb on. And all the things that we think that we can truly control. Because it's inside our house. And it's in our bedroom. And it's in our bank account. Are we willing to trust that with God? And what about our kingdoms? What about our family? Our children? Our grandchildren? Our marriage or lack of one? What about all the relationships that we have, have to juggle and, and all the different people that we meet and, and all the different meetings, Zoom or in person, that we have to have? What about the kingdom of the job that we're trying to figure out? Is it going to be here when all of this pandemic is over and, and I'm still going to have the same position? Or maybe I've, maybe I've already been cut back and is there anything going to be left for me here in the future? Will I trust God with that? And when it comes to my future, how about all the how will we's and, and what will I do's? Are we willing to trust God with those answers? And say, God, I don't understand and I don't know and it doesn't make sense and I don't know where I'm going. And if I was the one in charge, I would do it completely different. But you are in charge. And I trust you. You see, th during this last, these last 12 months, the tempter has been watching what we have been doing. And I wonder what message we have sent by the way that we have responded to our wilderness interruption. What message has Satan gotten in the way that we have handled our 40 days and our 40 nights? When he's watched us as we have struggled to take control and, and live life on our own terms and our own schedule and our, our own will. And he knows now, here's the weakness and here's the, the pressure point and here's where I can turn it and twist it just right. What has Satan learned from watching you? Or maybe more closer to home, what have the people in your living room learned? 
What's your spouse learned? What's your children learned by watching you over these last 12 months? What have your grandkids learned? What has your church family learned about you? What have people at work learned about you from the way that you have handled your 40 days and 40 nights? Have they seen you grab on tight to anything that you thought that you could control? Or have you declared in the midst of all the heartache, in the midst of all the frustration, in all the uncertainty, that in everything, I trust the Lord. Friends, just as the angels came to care for Jesus once his confrontation with Satan was complete, I pray that each one of you will feel the comfort of God's ministering servants in your life. And I also pray that soon we are all going to return from our wilderness interruption filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and ready and willing to in all things trust the Lord. We have an opportunity to remind ourselves of that this morning. As you were coming in, you received a little communion packet. Maybe it's in your little Ziploc baggie or it's in your pocket like, like mine. And what I want you to know is we as we share this together, it is in taking this bread and cup that we are, that we are declaring our trust in God. The fact that we trust God with the sin issue in our life. You see, that's the real issue. That's the real thing that, that draws us together. It's not the, the virus that's been going on. It's not issues that go on in our homes or schools or, or at work. The real issue that we need an answer to is can God be trusted when it comes to our sinfulness? Can God be trusted with all the weaknesses that we have, with all the ways that we, that we strive to hit the mark and that we fail? Can God be trusted? And each time that we take bread and cup, we say, God, yes, you can. We take the bread as a reminder of Jesus' body. We drink the juice as a reminder of the blood that was shed. And we say, God, we trust. We trust in you. That we can be forgiven. Even in the midst of our interruptions. You see, even if you have not handled these last 12 months in a way that is God-honoring. Even if you have been... Unwilling to say, I trust the Lord in everything. Even if you've been one who's tried to control it all, this bread and this cup says, God, I still trust your forgiveness. That you are faithful. And that you still love me just as much now as you ever did. And so we take and we drink and we declare in everything, I trust the Lord. Father, we thank you for we thank you for not abandoning us. We thank you for staying with us. It's been a difficult, as we have said, last few months. And each person here has had their own struggles. But we have all had opportunities where we could, we could take control and we could do things our way and it could be our agenda and on our schedule. And Father, for many of us, we did. And we failed to trust you. And so we take bread and cup now, repenting, thanking you for the fact that you forgive us. We take this bread and cup, trusting 
in you. Trusting that because Jesus refused to take control that day in the wilderness, that our sins were forgiven on the cross. Trusting that because of the resurrection, that there is hope also for us. Father, we take bread and cup in celebration that the wilderness has an ending. That the 40 days and nights come to an end. And that, Father, that you are present. You remain our refuge. You remain our strength. Father, you are our shepherd. May we be still in this moment, knowing that you are God, and again trusting you as our Savior. So in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We do not want this day to pass without marking its significance. And for those of you who are back with us for the first time, we have missed you so much. For those of you who continue to be online, we look forward to the day that, that we're going to be able to, to have more individuals here in this room and to be able to share our worship together. We hope that the time that we have spent today has been both a period of reflection but also of encouragement whether you're here or whether you are you're watching from home or you're enjoying spring break somewhere around around this country. I want to remind you that if you need a time of prayerful reflection if you'd like to speak with someone we have in our lobby a prayer room and one of our elders will be there at the conclusion of this service if you'd like to speak to someone privately. You can also text prayer to 423 455-5530 and, and then you'll be able to get a response back and then you can text a prayer request in and, and that will be something that will be prayed over by not only our elders but also our staff as well. That's an option that you have not only today but also in uh, the week to come so just keep this number with you if there is a, a prayer request that you have and would like to, like to share it. We, we wanted to make sure that as we met today that we spent time thinking about things that have happened but also being able to think about those things that are going to happen and we want to remind you that coming up on April the 4th we are going to celebrate Easter here on our campus. We want to invite you to come and to join us and to to bring others with you. We'll come in and see a room similar to this sectioned off every other pew. We're going to be having a 9 a.m. and a 10 30 a.m. service. 
Both of those services will take place here in our auditorium. They will be the same. We will have kids praise and we worship for both of these services. And right now, the way that we have things sectioned off, we really do not feel comfortable getting more than 300 people in here uh, the way that we currently have things divide every other pew. But our, we are prayerful that about 400 are going to want to come, if not more, in order to celebrate Easter here. And so what we need for you to do, if you would, to go and let us know when you are going to be coming. You can notice that there, probably on the seat back that's in front of you, there is a QR code. We would like to ask for you to go ahead and take your phone and to open up your camera, place it there on that QR code, and then a website will pop up that you can touch, and then you can go and choose the 9 a.m. or the 10.30 a.m. Now, you're already going to notice that the 10.30 a.m. is basically almost filled up. And what we have done, we have had to, to cap that number that we, that we encourage people to register in order to keep a little bit of a, um, a buffer to make sure that we do have, because we know there are going to be individuals who are not able to sign up who are still going uh, to come. But what we're asking, that if you have not signed up currently, we are, we are going to ask that you sign up now for that 9 a.m. service. Um, we want you to be able to come and to be a part. We're going to have, again, plenty of room. And we're trying to be able to fill up both of those times. What we're going to do is watch these numbers over the next week. And if it appears that we're not seeing the um, pre-registration that we are expecting when it comes to the numbers, if it looks like that we're not going to be exceeding that 300 mark, then we'll most likely only have one service. It'll be at 1030. It'll be here. But we'll be able to fit the majority of the people um, here in, in this room. Again, our prayer is that there's going to be more that are going to be wanting to come, but we need help knowing your, and, uh, what you are anticipating to do. So if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and register. And again, if you have not done so already, we would encourage you to sign up for that 9 a.m. service. It will be exactly the same as the one that we're going to have at 1030. And we'll enjoy being able to be together. Friends, we're so thankful that you've been here today. We're thankful for the way in which you have been faithful to God in the midst of your 40 days and your 40 nights. And we ask that you continue to trust God in all things. We're going to close out singing together. We hope you have a great week. We look forward to seeing everyone again soon. Derek, let's sing. <laughs>